Father, we are in your presence. We want to hear you. We don't want to hear anything else. We don't want to hear anything else. No. We refuse to hear the voice of man. And we choose to hear the voice of God. Lord, we sanctify this place for the ministering of your word. We sanctify this atmosphere for the ministering of your word. Lord, I pray sanctification over every heart to receive your word. Thank you, Jesus. The enemy has been deceiving many of us here. Lord, I pray that today, as your word comes forth, every deception will be dealt with, will be broken. Every lie will be exposed in Jesus' mighty name. That we'll, be, we'll truly surrender to your plans. We'll truly be yielded to your word. Submitted to the will of God. Thank you, Jesus. Correct us. Correct our understanding. Change the way we think. Come against every form of resistance. I break its power. I diffuse the power of darkness in this place. I render it powerless by the name of Jesus Christ. I take authority as a minister of God. I come against every, every form of resistance, every form of rebellion. Stubbornness, be gone into hell in Jesus' name. Spirit of rebellion, spirit of resistance, spirit of disobedience, be gone in Jesus' name. May our spirits be yielded to you, Father, as you speak to us. From young to old, I pray, Lord, that you'll grip every heart with the power of your word and change us into your likeness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be louder than that. That's good. It's more like it. Man, last week uh, we were considering the Holy Spirit as a real person. Amen. It's a real person. The Holy Spirit is a real person who can make real demands. Amen. Just as in every real relationship. Amen. That's the God that we serve. He's a real person. He is not, like I said last week, the Holy Spirit is not it. Holy Spirit is He, a person. He's got a personality. Amen. And we, we have to learn to understand uh, how real this God is. Amen. And respond to the, the reality of God, the reality of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. And I showed you from God's word how a simple, seemingly harmless desire or a subtle inclination can actually expose or reveal your trust in God or your lack of trust in God. And we looked in the scripture and, and you know, we were looking at the example of the story of uh, uh, the Israelites when they demanded for a king. It, it, it looked very subtle. It looked very harmless. The desire to have a king, like all the other nations, looked very subtle and harmless. But it exposed their lack of trust in God. It exposed their unbelief. Amen. So we were, we were looking at all that. And as a, if you're a serious, how many serious Christians in the house this morning? Only few. How many serious Christians in the house? Yes, Kathy baby is a serious Christian. Amen. If you're a serious Christian, then you must be watchful. You must put a guard over your lips, even with regards to your prayer. Even with regards to your prayer. Because the things that you pray, your prayer can be offensive to God, if not in line with His word, His will. Amen? And as Christians, we must, we must have the ability, we must learn to trust in uh, you know, the Holy Spirit so that we can understand the will of God by reading the scriptures, by, by, by studying the scriptures, by meditating on God's word, so that our, even our prayers are shaped, our prayers are phrased according to the will of God. Because God is not pleased by your fancy words. 
God is not pleased by eloquence. God is not pleased by uh, many tears. God is not pleased pleased by your wailing and your your sobbing. God is not pleased by any of these things. God is pleased by faith. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to. It is impossible. The Bible says it is impossible to please God without faith. And even your prayer life is not exempted from the scope of this word. Do you know that? Oh, you're not here. You're not here. I'll wait for you to come. I'll wait for you to come. I said, even your prayer life is not exempted from the scope of this word. Which word am I talking about? That without faith it is impossible to please God. It applies to even your prayer, the things that you pray, the things that you phrase or word in prayer, even that is not exempted from the scope of this word. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Man, when the Israelites demanded for a king, it is very clear from, from scripture, when they demanded for a king, it was, not, uh, it was not a petition of faith. Their request for a king, they, they said, we want a king, like all the nations of this world. It was not a petition in faith. It was, in fact, showing their lack of trust in God. They felt that God is not enough. The all-sufficient God was not enough for them. And they, so they demanded for a king. Are you with me? Now, you might be fervently praying for something. If it is not... God's will for you, you are displeasing God and doing yourself a disservice. Are you? Did you hear what I said? If you're fervently praying, you're, you're praying so fervently with so much of passion, but if you're not praying in, a, in line with God's word, you're not praying in accordance to the will of God, you are displeasing God. Why? Because it is not faith. So you must understand every prayer is not faith. Every prayer is not? Every prayer is not faith. And we must learn to pray in faith. How do we learn to pray in faith? By looking into God's word and understanding the will of God. So you are doing yourself a disservice if you are not praying a prayer of faith. If you are not praying in accordance to his will. Some of you need to uh, keep an eye over your prayer life. Some of you need to watch your prayer. Your prayer language. Hello. Some of you need to watch over your prayer language. What are you praying? When you get inside the room to pray, if you are doing that, some of you are like not at all moved because we are not, in, we are not praying anyways. So we, you feel safe this morning. That's a different, different thing to be dealt with. Prayerlessness. Okay. The Bible talks about praying without ceasing. So the, it is, it is uh, it's your responsibility, it is your Christian responsibility to pray. Without ceasing. But when you pray, you have to learn to pray in accordance to His will. Otherwise, you're, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're, you're, you're doing yourself a um, disadvantage. You're placing yourself in a place of disadvantage. And I also told you that you getting something does not validate the same as God's will for you. We looked at that last week. Oh, I, I got this job. Does not mean that that is God's will for you. I prayed for this job and I got this job. It does not mean anything. 
we asked for a king and we got a king does not mean that it was god's will for them are you with me drive it home drive it home to your situation to your story to your what you're going through just because something took place in your life does not automatically validate that thing as god's will for your life that does not mean that your pursuits had the approval of god how many of you are pursuing things in life just because you end up reaching the point of your pursuit or getting what you pursued after does not mean because the bible also talks about they pursued after emptiness and they became uh -huh. so they pursued after emptiness and they became empty meaning they got what they wanted does not mean that emptiness is what god's will for them i with me hallelujah god's allowance is not a sign of his approval somebody listen to this god's allowance is not a sign of his approval it just proves that he is a respecter of the free will of man you have free will you have free will you and i are given free will the freedom to have our own will amen and just because you god allowed something does not mean that it was it had god's approval as christians we must not be so excited about free will we must be excited about knowing the will of god amen man to be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and understanding amen that we may walk in a manner worthy of his calling now you getting you getting a job of your liking or making it big in some trade or marrying a person that you were interested in does not say that you got god's will for your life somebody you may not like this you may not like this at all i know that you getting a job of your liking or getting married to somebody that you are interested in or you making it big in a in an area of uh, trade or uh, or skill does not mean anything if that was the way you validated things in your life then a lot of unbelievers were living safe i with me so the, the bible says there is a way that seems i don't know how many times i've repeated the scripture here there is a way that seems right to man but the end of it is so the the, the way can seem right the way to something can seem right for many of us the way that we are we are on for a very long time that way can seem very right but but the bible says the end of it is what you deemed as right in your life for a very long time you were pursuing after it you thought it was right you thought it was right and you were pursuing after it with all your zeal and passion and energy devoid of the counsel of god devoid of the you know what god had to say about it of knowing what god had to say about it and you thought it was right but the bible says the end of it is so the end is what the end will define what it really was are you with me hallelujah now why are we talking about this we are talking about purification we are talking about purifying um the lord purifying is us in everything in our pursuits in our passions in our ambitions our dreams our aspirations and we need wisdom from above 
to live a godly life on this earth. Amen. We cannot just go by, you know, whatever happens, happens. No, that is not, that is not the Christian life. Whatever happens, happens is not Christian life. Amen. Yielding yourself to the, to the will of God and pursuing it wholeheartedly is the Christian life. You got to be yielded to the will of God. For that, you have to understand the will of God. You have to know the will of God. Amen. It's a process, a process. The way does not prove anything. The end will prove it. Like I said, some of our ways can seem quite right. Unless corrected, the end of it can be destruction. You know, many of us, many of us think that God is only interested in certain seasons of your life. Many of us, I'm telling you, many Christians, I've seen many Christians, the way they live their lives, it looks like God is only interested in certain seasons of their lives. Because they don't need God after they graduate. They don't, need, they don't seem to need God after they land in a good job. They don't seem to need God when they have everything settled in life. So you must understand, God is not like that. God is, see, God's... Uh, desire, say desire. God's desire for you, God's interest for your life is not like a, if I may use the term, one night stand. God's interest for your life is not a one night stand. God's interest or desire for you is not a weekend um, rendezvous or like a, a, a year long, what do you say, courtship. Let, let's try it out for one year before we decide on getting married. God is not like that. God is not about, let's try it out. Let's give it a try. When God's, God came into your life, when God saw you and he sees you, he's interested in the entirety of your life. All of eternity is covered in the scope of his interest. Are you with me? That's why, that's why Peter understood that. Peter said, where can we go from your presence? Because you have the words of eternal life. You are, you, the, the way you speak to us, the, the way you release your words over us, it is so clear that you are mindful of where we are going to be in eternity. Amen. The words of eternal life. But we are the ones who are caught up in the, the finite measure of time. Now we are only looking at maybe our 20s, we need God. Maybe in our early 30s, we need God. And then we seem like we don't need Him anymore. Hello, are you with me? Are you with me? The Israelites walked with, 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 uh, with God. Cloud of fire, pillar of, uh, you know, pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire went before them, provided everything. 40 years, God provided everything. Once they got into the promised land, they suddenly realized, okay, we don't need God anymore. We got what we wanted anyways. The promised land was promised. We inherited it. We stepped into it. Now we can do things on our own. Just give us a king. We just want to be normal like every other nation on this earth. But they did not understand that God's interest for this nation was not just for the time of their exit from Egypt and into their entry into Canaan. It is so much beyond that. Even today God is interested in Israel. Israel is the focal point of God's plan for this earth. And we are the church because of, because of Israel. It's amazing if you, can, if you can put things into perspective. You'll be amazed God's promise to Abraham was even fulfilled through the church. 
हेलो गॉड्स इंटरेस्ट फॉर यू गॉड्स डिजायर फॉर यू हिस्स प्लान्स फॉर यू आर फॉर अ लाइफ टाइम एंड बियॉन्ड इट्स फॉर ऑफ इट्स फॉर ऑल ऑफ इटर्निटी ऑल ऑफ इटर्निटी No, I, I told you. Let, let's see. Let, let me see whether you remember this. I told you three things that you need to do to prove the good, the acceptable, the perfect will of God. Let me see how many of you remember this. That's right. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. What does that mean? Be always, always be worshipful. Give yourself wholly to God, completely to God. completely be given to god in worship love him with all your heart your soul your mind and your strength that's step 1 of proving the will of god what kind of will is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god what's step 2 do not be conformed to this world to the patterns of this world meaning do not agree with the world and the ideologies of this world the patterns of this world the examples of this world disagree with the world hello disagree with what the world tells you i mean krishna said how can we do that we are living in this on this earth you don't know that the bible very clearly says that you can't be conformed you can't be in agreement with the world you just can't be that's not how you're supposed to live your life as a christian you have to disagree with the world you cannot be conformed Con- to be conformed means to be in agreement with it means to to uh, comply with to abide by you cannot you cannot be in agreement with the world and then what's the third step be transformed how by the renewing of your mind you got to think differently you must have a different point of view concerning everything that you're facing your point of view your your pers- uh, perspective about that condition that situation should not be in accordance to the world but it must be in accordance to god's are you with me if you can if you can follow these three things be a worshipper wholehearted worshipper and disagree with the world and be renewed be transformed by the renewing of your mind you will prove god's will that which is good acceptable and perfect man in every situation of your life in every every matter of your life now see uh, so we see in okay let's go back to first samuel chapter 9 god gave them a king god gave whom a king good god gave israel a king according to their wish they made this wish god was displeased with it so was the man of god samuel he was displeased by it he took the matter to god god said you are not being rejected here i am being rejected here so god gave them a king according to their wish saul say saul the son of kish amen a handsome and choice man was given according to their request you want a king okay i'll give one to you because he still loved them he still loved them and he gave them a king according to their desire now what is so incredible about god giving saul as a king to israel though, though he was far from being a king okay you you look at his nature you look at his body language you look at what how he thought he had a very low self esteem to start with we're going to look at that one more time 
you know though uh, you know he could easily pass human evaluations choice man handsome man son of a mighty man of valor all those things were there but what was hidden from the rest of them what was going on internally you know god saw it and it he was not fit to be a king yet say yet yet god dealt with him in such a way that he was made ready to be a king man we're going to we're going to look at that let's read from first samuel chapter 9 before that uh, let's okay first samuel chapter 9 verse 20 and 21 can you read those two verses this to show how saul was wired in his thinking and for whom is all that is desirable in israel is it not for you and for all of your father's household and saul replied am i not a benjamite so now he is defending how can you call me that i am the desire of all of israel how can you say that all 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 things that are desirable in israel belongs to me i am a am i not a benjamite the smallest is smallest the smallest of the tribes of israel and my family the least of all the families of the tribe of benjamin why then do you speak to me in this way how can you talk to me like this don't you know who i am I'm from the smallest tribe, the smallest clan, the smallest family, and I'm the least among them. And you are saying that all of Israel desires after me, or all of Israel's choice things are for me. When 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 Saul met with Samuel, the prophet to whom God has spoken about him, Paul was differently oriented. Say differently oriented. His orientation was different. he was least interested in royalty he was least interested in god said you are royalty you going to be royalty he said no i am not i am the least he was least interested in royalty he was least mindful of the people of israel he was least fascinated by being anointed a ruler of the nation of israel he was an introvert you read through the, the passage you realize that he was an introvert how can an introvert be a king he would rather spend time with the beast of his father the donkeys which belong to his father than with people who is god calling him to be who is god calling him to be king what is he doing taking care of donkeys now all that mattered to Saul at that point of time was his father's donkey my father's donkeys my father's donkeys my fa- say my father's donkeys you none of you have donkeys your father none of your fathers would have had donkeys but just just try to imagine that my father's donkeys say it yeah my father's donkeys where are my father's donkeys my father's donkeys say donkeys say donkeys everywhere he is looking he is looking for donkeys the donkeys are missing where can i even when he met the greatest prophet that israel has seen i don't know what you would do when you meet with the great prophet of god i know what i would do i would want him to pray over me i will just wait for him to speak over me and i will i will make sure that every word is being recorded every word is being listened to i pay attention i want to know it all but this guy the only thing that concerned him was all i want to ask meeting samuel probably for the first time i just want to ask him one thing where can i find my father's donkeys say donkeys 
Can you imagine this? Just, just try to imagine this with me. The prophet of the living God, Samuel, when he speaks, not a word falls to the ground. He's standing right there, revealing to him that you are the next king. You are the first king, the first monarch over Israel. And he's holding the flask of anointing oil. What is this guy thinking about? Are you with me? Are you getting this? And some of us are like that. God is standing with the anointing oil to pour over your head. You're thinking about? Donkeys. Say donkeys. Prophet is standing with the anointing oil in the flask, revealing the will of God, revealing the heart of God or the plan of God for the nation of Israel and for him, this, this person. He's thinking, donkeys. Where are the donkeys? Where can I find the donkeys? We can be so full of our pursuits. We can be so full of our pursuits that we can actually miss out on what God has planned for us. Do you know that? You can be so full of your plans, your desires, your dreams, your ambitions, your aspirations. So full of it. Donkeys. 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 All the time saying, Donkeys. All that I'm thinking, donkeys. Dreaming, donkeys. God is coming to you with His plan for you, which are glorious plans, excellent plans, amazing plans, wonderful plans, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. You're saying, donkeys. Donkeys. Where are the donkeys? Now let me rewind uh, my own life, 22 years back. Okay, I got saved when I was 18. 22 years back. A shy bit of, a shy by a few months for 19, maybe 18 and a half, somewhere there. So I, I, I will tell you how I was at the age of 18, before I got saved. Just before I got saved, okay? So, you know, I just finished school. I was just getting into college. I loved maths as a student. Maths and physics were my only two favorite subjects. So I wanted to do something in line with maths and physics. My dad is a mechanical engineer whom I looked up to. My father, I look up to him. And so my, my inclinations were tuned into how my father pursued his life. So I wanted to be a, a mechanical engineer. An engineer, first of all, because of maths and physics. And a mechanical engineer because my dad is a... And then, the person who taught me music or the person who mentored me in music, uh, you know, at that point of time, he told me something. He said, professional course is, the, is a place to be. You go to a professional college, you can be part of a rock band. You can explore the possibilities of music and, and form a band and, and do shows and be a rock star. So for me, everything that I loved to do was showing, telling me, go this direction. Say donkeys. Donkeys. I'm full consumed with donkeys and I didn't know God at that point of time. I had no relationship with God. I didn't know how to, how to hear from God. I didn't know how to, to, to make a plan for my own life by hearing from God. My father's donkeys.
So my favorite subjects, my dad's career path and my dream of being a rock star put me into this place. I got admission and you know, within the first couple of months itself, I got auditioned uh, into the college band. It's a big thing. And they are waiting, like, you know, for the exams to get over so that I can officially start, you know, being... And, and to my amaze, to my delight, in my class, there are other musicians, like-minded, all wanting to play music and form a rock band. Are you with me? Are you getting this? It's a donkeys. So all the donkeys are thinking together now, thinking about donkeys. Consumed with a passion for donkeys. God stepped in. And told me that he has got other plans with me. Man, I'll come to that, you know, in a while. So at the age of 18, I am like this Saul who went in search of the donkeys. All I wanted to do was find these donkeys and come to my father with those donkeys. My only pursuit. I will bleed those pursuits. I will bleed those dreams. If somebody were to ask me, even in the middle of the night, I'll say, donkeys. Donkeys. You have donkeys like that. You're dreaming of donkeys. Some of you are dreaming of donkeys like that. Your donkey can be something else. These were my donkeys. My donkeys. Get a degree. You know, probably start working in a reputed, uh, you know, automobile company if, if possible. And then, you know, just be a rock star along with that. My donkeys. My big dream. I was dreaming of, I was dreaming of, you say the word, say donkey is a good word. As long as you're not, you're not calling anybody donkey, it's a good word, donkey is a good word, yeah. So we are all like that at many junctions of our lives, before and after we get saved, we may be found petting some donkey dreams. At many junctions of our lives, whether we are saved or not, or before getting saved or after getting saved also, we, might, we can be found petting our donkey dreams. Like Saul. And the, the, dream, the donkey dreams can eclipse the, um, the reality of royalty that God has for us. God wants to bestow re the, the reality of royalty over Saul. What is, what is God planning to do? I want to make you king. I have plans for you. What is that? To make you royalty. What is... Soul thinking, dreaming, say donkeys. God says royalty. You are saying, hello. Some of you are not liking it. When I when I when I say about your donkeys, you are not liking it at all. God saying royalty. You are saying, don't touch my donkeys. Don't you dare touch my donkeys. It belongs to my father. My father's donkeys. That's the problem. God says royalty. You are saying. How precious are your donkeys? How precious are your donkeys to you? Then, then Samuel revealed God's plan for Saul. Samuel gave him many prophetic signs, say prophetic signs, <laughs> which, is, which are going to follow, including that he will prophesy. Is it a small thing to prophesy? Including that this guy who has come in search of donkeys is going to prophesy. So Samuel commissioned him and he said, as these signs get confirmed, what you must do? Do as the situation demands. Are we going to read that? I'll, I'll show you. I'm not 
I'm not just saying what I, I, I feel like saying. It's all in scripture. And then we read that God gave him another heart. So this man was wired differently. God gave him another heart. This man needed a change of heart. He was a weakling. He was a, he was a introvert. He was an introvert. He was uh, focused on himself. He was conditioned to thinking low about himself. His heart was so used to dreaming of donkeys. So God had to give him another heart. Because this heart is full of donkeys. Let's read that. 1 Samuel chapter 10. Then Samuel took the flask of oil, poured it on his head, kissed him and said, Has not the Lord anointed you a ruler over his inheritance? I can't go past this. Has not the Lord anointed you a ruler over his inheritance? When you go from me today, then you will find two men close to Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zelza. And they will say to you, the donkeys which, say donkeys. The donkeys which you went to look for have been found. Now behold, your father has ceased to be concerned about the donkeys and is anxious about you, saying, what shall I do about my son? Then you will go on further from there and you will come as far as the oak of Tabor and there three men, say three men, going up to God at Bethel will meet you. One carrying three goats, another carrying three loaves of bread and another carrying a jug of wine. And they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread. How many loaves are they carrying? Three goats, three loaves of bread and one jar of wine. What are they going to give you? Two loaves of bread. Which you will accept from their hand. See, he's prophesying. Prophesying. Word of knowledge about the future. Word of knowledge about the future. Afterward, you will come to the hill of God, where the Philistine garrison is, and it shall be as soon as you have come there to the city, there you will meet a group of prophets, a school of prophets. Coming down from the high place with harp, say harp, tambourine, flute, and a lyre. He even mentions the, the, the school of prophets and the instruments that they're going to play. And they will be prophesying. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily and you shall prophesy with them and be changed into another man. It shall be when these signs come to you, do for yourself what the occasion requires for God is with you. And you shall go down before me to Gilgal. And behold, I will come down to you to offer burnt offerings and sacrifice peace offerings. You shall wait seven days until I come to you and show you what you should do. Then it happened when he turned his back to leave Samuel, God changed his heart. First thing God did, God changed his And all those signs came about on that day. The prophetic signs came to pass. And when they came to the hill there, behold, a group of prophets met him. And the Spirit of God came upon him mightily, and he prophesied among them. It came about when all who knew him previously saw that he prophesied now with the prophets, that the people said to one another, what has happened to the son of Kish? Very, very similar to my father's name. My father's name is Koshi. What has happened to the son of Koshi? 
what has happened to the son of kish is saul also among the prophets a man there said now who is their father therefore it became a proverb is saul also among the prophets when he had finished prophesying he came to the high place look at this three things god did what's the first thing three things god did tell me the first thing tell me the first thing god changed his heart second thing god put his spirit on him and he started to prophesy third thing god changed him into another man changed his personality one more time first thing changed his heart second thing spirit came upon him as he started to prophesy third thing he changed into another man we are talking about saul who was least inclined to be a king what was his inclination to rear say donkeys donkeys not to be a king he wanted to make a livelihood out of donkeys by following the footstep of his sounds a lot like me donkeys wants to make a livelihood out of it just like his father so god did something within him which he himself was incapable of doing what is that change his heart put the spirit upon him and make him into a different man at the age of 18 these three things happened to me also god changed my heart i said yes to jesus changed my heart convicted me of sin changed my heart second thing put the spirit upon me i become a believer god baptized in the spirit third thing changed my personality people who knew me before testified that this person has changed just like Saul when people saw him they said is this not the son of kish what is going on here why is he prophesying how can he prophesy when you came to the lord these three things happened to you also change your heart god change your heart did god change your heart are you sure are you sure god change your heart yeah god put his spirit upon you are you sure about it god put his spirit upon you yes third thing god change the person that you are did god do that for you say it only if you if you mean it hallelujah three things god did three things god did he was incapable of doing these three things saul couldn't do these three things no no matter what you try how hard you try you can't do these three things only god can do this for you changing your heart putting his spirit over you and changing the person that you are amen and all the signs came to pass prophetically every sign that samuel mentioned came to pass verse 14 okay let's look at what happened to him now verse 14 now saul's uncle said to him and his servant where did you go and he said to look for the donkeys when see say donkeys he just came back after all these things happened what all things happened to him said loud i can't hear all your voices one more time change of heart okay to put his spirit over him yes third thing change your personality three things happened to him and all the prophetic signs came to pass and he's coming back home and his uncle asked him what took place he said i went in search for what that's all that's it tell me all that samuel said to you that's it nothing else 
Donks are donkeys. The man is still talking. Hello? God can bring you to salvation, change your heart, put a spirit upon you, give you a new personality, and you can still be talking donkeys and dreaming donkeys and searching for donkeys. Now some of us think, oh, I got saved. So what? What after that? Are you still talking donkeys? Are you still in search of donkeys? God did what you couldn't do about your own self. He changed your heart. You couldn't do that. All these years, I couldn't do it for 18 years. I couldn't change my heart. It was full of sin, full of corruption, full of wickedness, full of malice and cruelty and, and scheming and this and that. I couldn't change my heart. God changed my heart. I couldn't even taste the Spirit of God. I could only see other people move in the Spirit or be in the Spirit. I didn't even understand what it was. God put His Spirit upon me. I couldn't do it on my own. And then God gave me a new personality. Others testified, this person has changed. And now I'm coming back. And then when people are asking, how are you doing? Donkeys. I'm doing? Donkeys. Searching? Donkeys. Think of donkeys. Are you with me? Are you getting this? Are you getting this? Even after all those supernatural events, he's stuck with the donkey dream mindset. Even when his uncle probed him, he can't say anything more than donkeys. He couldn't narrate the wonderful things that took place in his life. Some of you like that. People have to ask you, so what, what, what's going on? I'm pursuing donkeys now. I enroll for donkeys. I'm doing masters in donkeys now. I'm playing donkeys now. Nothing about Jesus. Nothing about the Holy Spirit. Nothing about ministry. Nothing about the kingdom. All you can say is donkeys. Your mind is full of donkeys. The same person who prophesied just a while ago by the Spirit. He's still talking? Donkeys. Now what was happening to Saul? I'll tell you. Now you, some of you are like wondering, okay, but God changed his heart. God gave him a new spirit. God, God, God changed his personality. But then how come he's still like this? I'll tell you what was happening. God gave Saul an opportunity. Say opportunity. God gave Saul an opportunity to be in his plan. Are you with me? When you get saved, God is giving you an opportunity to be in His plan. He will change your heart. He'll put your spirit upon you. He'll give you a new personality. That does not mean anything until and unless you yield to the plan of God. You can still be consumed with the, the thoughts of donkeys. When you met with Jesus, the same thing, the exact same thing happened to us. It was an opportunity given to, to, to you. Just like the opportunity was given to soul. And God did everything, say everything, to turn you away from your pursuit of donkeys and turn you into the 
plan for royalty. He did everything. All we have to do is, all we have to do is, say, say yes. Say yes. Say yes to Jesus. Say yes to his plans. Say yes to his dreams. Say yes, say yes to his ideas. Amen. Say yes to him all the time. His counsel, say yes to it. Agree with Jesus all the time. Your life is sorted. But if you're still donkeys, 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 God is waiting for your yes. Change your heart, put his spirit upon you and change your personality, but you're still donkeys. There is no yes from you. Are you with me? He did not quite say yes. Saul did not quite say yes to God. He was still uncertain. Say uncertain. He was still unsure. He was still shy. He was still doubting. He was still hiding. He didn't have any confidence. Even after the anointing oil fell upon him. Do you know that? The anointing oil fell upon him. And I'm going to read that in a while. And I'll show you that even after the anointing oil fell upon him, he was still doubtful. He was still unsure. Now when the Lord poured his anointing upon me, one thing that I did right was I said yes to Jesus. A resounding yes. Full of conviction. Never wavered from it when I said yes to Jesus. I still stand by that yes. 22 years down. Still yes. Never, not even once regretted for that yes. Never once. I gave up on my small sized, small sized dreams. My empty pursuits. I gave up everything. And when I, even when I say I gave up everything, I want you to know that I, didn't, I did not give up something great. To, and, and, and I stooped down to get something smaller. No. I gave up everything because I knew that this is some far more greater. The greatest treasure. Amen. Is to have Christ and to know Him and to serve Him. So I, without any regret and wholeheartedly, I embraced His plans for me. The, the, there is no more this, you know, being a mechanical engineer dream. There is no more this working in a reputed company dream. There is no more this rock star dream. There is no more this making it big in life dream. No more, never. Not even once. Because I was so convinced that I was talking donkeys when he was talking royalty. I was convinced. I knew that I was talking donkeys. I knew I was dreaming donkeys when he was thinking about royalty. And I, I hated when people introduced me and when they introduced me, uh, you know, let's say in a, in, a, in a setting like this. And I hated when people introduced me as somebody who gave up his career and his profession and, and stepped down into ministry. Because I don't see it that way. I just don't see it that way. You know, I threw away the dung to lay hold of the treasure. That's what I did. When God called me and I responded to his call, I just gave up dreaming about donkeys. And I gave up searching for donkeys. And to the donkey lovers, this can be offensive. To the donkey lover that you are, this can be very offensive because I am talking about your donkeys also. You love your donkeys. 
don't you? You love, you, you so love your donkeys. You have made plans for your donkeys. You have named them also. Pet names. But I became a Jesus lover. No longer a donkey lover. I became a Jesus lover. And just like Saul, the introduction for me was to step into royal priesthood, holy nation, chosen race, God's very special position. That's what God was talking about to, to Saul. Saul, so see, Saul was thinking about his father's inheritance. Father's donkey, father's donkey, father's donkey. My father's donkeys, my father's donkeys, father's inheritance. God said, come, I'll make you ruler over my inheritance. Till that day he was thinking about his father's inheritance. But God said from today on, I'm going to make you a ruler over my inheritance. Now I can say this without blinking an eye. That the, my forever big break in life came when I decided to serve Jesus Christ. The cold, amen, reveals a lot about your donkeys. It reveals a lot about your donkeys. Now some of you, I'm telling you, some of you are feeling that, that resentment, that hatred. How come he talks about my donkeys like this? But this is the truth of the matter. You have donkeys which you're not willing to let go. You're not willing to let go. The opportunity came to Saul. What kind of opportunity are you talking about to become the first monarch over Israel? God made him what he couldn't be. God changed his heart. God changed his personality. God put his spirit over him and caused him to prophesy. He could do none of these things for himself. If, you're, if God is calling you to be his royalty and you're still stuck with your donkey searching and your donkey dreaming, the end of it is destruction. If God is calling you to be his royalty and to serve him and to, be, to take a stand for him, to make a stand for him and you are still pursuing your donkey searching and you are full of your donkey dreams, the end of it is destruction. It's like, it's what the Bible talks about. They pursued after emptiness and became empty. That's what's going to happen. But this guy, this guy can you believe? He blew up. He blew up the, the biggest opportunity that came by. He blew it up. The rest of his life testifies. He just blew it up. Look at it. Let's, let's see what happened. Verse 17. Thereafter, Samuel called the people together to the Lord at Mizpah. And he said to the sons of Israel, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I brought Israel up from Egypt and I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the power of all the kingdoms that were, that were oppressing you. But you have rejected today your God who delivers you from, from what? Say all. We, we start the day with that. Who, who delivers you from? Say it loud. 
from all your calamities and your distresses yet you have said no but set a king over us now therefore present yourselves before the lord by your tribes and by your clans thus samuel brought all the tribes of israel near and the tribe of benjamin was taken by lot then he brought the tribe of benjamin near by its families and the matrite family was taken and saul the son of kish was taken but when they looked for him he could not be found the man just got he changed his heart god changed his heart he got anointed by the spirit he had a change of personality but now when they looking for him he could not be where is saul the man of god has come to publicly anoint or ordain him as a king the coronation service is going to take place but he is not to be found then they inquired inquired further of the lord has the man come here yet so the lord said see you can hide all you want you can hide all you want from the call of god but god can still see you where you are hiding hello you can hide all you want where you want to hide but god can still see where you are hiding behold the lord said behold he is hiding himself by the baggage say by the baggage i like the the, the phrase that is used there by the baggage you have a baggage a baggage of donkey dreams and you're hiding behind it when god came to ordain you king and to declare that you are king over this people you are hiding behind the baggage do you, do you think that the call of god over saul requires any further clarification do you think that it requires any further clarification why is he acting like this i mean do do you think that he needs more prophetic signs everything that the that the the prophet uh, the prophet of god the the servant of god said everything came to pass in one single day that's what the bible says everything came to pass on that day it's going to happen you're going to go back going to meet three people and you're going to uh, they're going to carry three goats they're going to carry three loaves of bread and one jar of wine and they're going to give you two loaves of bread and then when you further go you're going to see the school of prophets and you're going to prophesy with them the spirit of god is going to come mightily upon you and you're going to prophesy with them it's going to change you as a person everything took place just as the prophet said you know some of you are still waiting i don't know what's the will of god for my life is i don't know the conf- i have not received any confirmation slap you you have not received any confirmation that's your problem god has given you very clear say clear very clear word clear prophetic signs and you're ignoring it you're closing your eyes tight to ignore it because you don't like it at all you don't like the idea of your donkeys being taken away from you hello because you so want your donkeys you have dreamed all your life about donkeys you want to live with donkeys your life revolves around donkeys and god says i want to make you king responsibility difficult difficult taking care of donkeys comes naturally to me all my life i've been taking care of donkeys i grew up with donkeys i know the language of donkeys 
I can talk like them. Bray, bray. I can do all that. But when God says, from today on, you're going to be a king. You have to change the way you are. You have to be royalty now. You're God's anointed king. You're the ruler over his inheritance. Change the way you speak. Change the way you look. Change the way you prophesy. Everything has to change. I want to hide behind donkeys. I want to hide behind my donkey dreams. Where are you hiding behind? What are you hiding behind? What are you hiding behind? If, if God has demanded something from you, if you're still hiding behind, that, is, that shows that you're such a person of, such a person of so much of pride, self-pity, low self-esteem, the smallest in my father's clan, the smallest in my tribe. Self-pity, say self-pity. The biggest form of pride is self-pity. Saul's call into kingship was conformed by word, it was confirmed by prophetic signs. It was confirmed by supernatural events. It was confirmed by the change of heart. It was confirmed by the, the Holy Spirit coming upon him. It was confirmed by the change of personality as testified by others. It was confirmed by the public casting lots. Do you know that? They, ca they cast lots. And his name came. It was confirmed. Where is he? Not be found. Hiding. Say hiding. No, you can ignore the call of God, all your life. You can ignore it all your life. But God can still see where you're hiding. You can still see where you're hiding. Now, the easy thing for me was to just continue on with what I was doing and, and then settle for that. But the right thing for me to do was respond by saying yes. Whatever it takes, yes. I want to do it, yes. Because I trust your plans are better than my plans. See, that's the problem. Some of you can't trust God's plans as better plans than your plans. Because you are the God of your own life. Ouch. For some of you, you are the God of your own life. Do you know why you can't? <laughs> I'll tell you why you can't trust God's word. I'll tell you why you can't trust God's word. Because you are the God of your own life. That's why. You trust yourself more than the word of God. Are you with me? Somebody respond. Somebody respond. Ask a simple question. Do you, want, do you want God's will to come to pass in your life? Do you want to live for God? Uh, truly. Do you really want to live for God? Do you want to be what he wants you to be? Then you better respond to this word. You better respond to this word. Now, you're, you're, now you're, you're very confident, you're young, you're smart, you're, you're sought after, you have opportunities and, and you have everything. You're healthy and you're, uh, you, have, uh, you can run your, you can meet, uh, make both ends meet and, and this and that. But I'm telling you, if you stand against the plan of God over your life, you'll end up in destruction. Surely. And that's not what God wants for you. His plans for you are, see, he wants to declare, he wants to declare the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness. The excellent, your mouth must declare his excellencies. Why do you think that God put his spirit upon Saul? Why do you think? Because Saul has to stop speaking the way he used to speak and start speaking the language of God. 
Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert. I, I, can't, I can't speak like that. Oh, I, I can't be a king. No, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't be in front of people. I can't, I can't speak to a crowd. I was like this. I can't speak to a crowd. I can, I can play music. I can, I can sing also with a, with a group. If there are three more singers with me, I can sing also. But I, I can't speak. I can't teach. Definitely I cannot preach. But if God's call over your life demands you to do all that, why are you still hiding behind your baggage? Somebody respond. Somebody respond. Say opportunity. Saul had the opportunity from God. God given opportunity. Now we are all pursuing man given opportunities. But Saul had a God given opportunity. You can despise your God given opportunity. Do you know that? Now I've seen people despise. Oh, despise it. Even to think about some of those incidents bring terrorizing thoughts to me. Despising the opportunity from God. Despising it. It's too small. There's no glamour. There's no glory. There's no recognition. I don't want it. I want something greater. That's despising the plan of God. See, you got to trust the language of God. When God says, I'm going to make you a ruler. See, the thing is, they have not seen a ruler all their lives. They have never seen a ruler. So, Saul was, it's also new to Saul. The idea of being a king is new to Saul. But he was pretty conditioned to rearing donkeys in the field. Are you with me? That's a problem. You get conditioned to think the things that you continually do. That you are not open to what God wants you to do. Hello? Either you are, either you are there or you are not. You can be saved, you can be born again, you can be anointed, you can be gifted and what not. But you can still be found hiding from God because you refuse to rise to the occasion. What was the one instruction that Saul gave, Samuel gave Saul? When all these things come to pass, do as the occasion demands. That's called free will. When all these things come to pass, you can, you must do as the occasion demands. Because surely, he said, God is with you. Man? Now that is our response to God. That is our response to God. God can call you, save you, put a spirit upon you, make you gifted, load you with talents and abilities. You can do all that. But when the occasion demands, you have to respond right. You have to rise up to the occasion. That's what Samuel told Saul. When all these things come to pass, when all these signs come to pass, I'm telling you, some of you had signs after signs after signs after signs after signs after signs after word after word after prophecy after prophecy after prophecy after promise after promise after promise come to pass. And you're still, you still haven't risen to the occasion. You're hiding. Say hiding. You're hiding. And God can see you hiding. You think God cannot see you. Maybe people won't be able to find you. But God can see you where you're hiding. That baggage that you've chosen to hide behind, God can see. 
not just you but also what's in that baggage are you with me i i i don't i don't like all this i just want to come to church and you now i just i mean whenever i'm free you know whenever i'm free i want to just come and be a part of a congregation i just want to come i just want to uh, just want to be there this you know when when it is convenient say convenient that's it nothing more than that like i told you god's plan for you is not a one night stand or a weekend rendezvous or or anything like that not a a season of courtship he's planned eternity for you when you said yes to jesus it was ev- for every single day of your life every single day of your life no holidays no vacation from god now some of you don't like this because you didn't know all this you thought you, you can you can take vacation you can you thought you can take a break from god you, you thought you can let go of opportunities from god you can you thought you can be picky with god you can be choosy with god you cannot be you cannot be you cannot be choosy with god hello somebody listen to me you cannot be choosy with god you cannot be choosy with god Now Saul hiding behind the baggage was a sign that he was rejecting the offer letter of God. Rejected. I don't know how many of you ever had the opportunity to reject offer letters. I had one. Rejected. Turned it down. Declined it. When God gives you the offer letter, how dare you reject the offer letter? By hiding behind. You're trying to reject it. You're trying to avoid it. by hiding behind the the baggage it was a sign that he valued his father's donkeys more than israel it was a sign that he valued his father's inheritance than god's inheritance it was a sign that though god changed his heart gave his spirit and changed his personality saul was refusing to acknowledge and embrace that change you can refuse to acknowledge and embrace the change that jesus brought about in your life by the way you live your life don't reject god don't reject god don't reject god and what he is demanding from you you never know when you are running out of time the word for somebody here you will never know when you are running out of time don't take it for granted don't take it for granted you know when i got saved at the age of 18 i could have said the sinner's prayer and continued on with life with my pet dreams my aspirations ignoring what god demanded from me i could have turned a deaf ear to the call of god and the promptings of god if today i'm ministering to you it's because i responded to the call of god if i'm standing here today it's because i did not hide behind the baggage i could have i could have 
I did not hide hide behind the baggage of identity crisis, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, feeling incapable. Bag say baggage. When God calls me, when God called me, I stepped up to his call and said, "Yes, Lord, reporting for duty." When God called you, how are you responding? Is there a yes, Lord, from you, or do you have many conditions? Now, sometimes when you negotiate with your the employer, you have conditions. You know, I need uh, so many holidays. I need so much of. I need a periodic rise in my salary. I need this. I need perks. I need. all that are you negotiating with god are you negotiating with god can you simply trust him like i said 20 years and counting i've never regretted a single day of my choice not a single day not a single day just to testify that now just to, to testify that i was not planning to say this just to testify that my son was he wrote an exam just last month english english right english exam and uh, the question was what is your dream Or what's it? Write about your dream. Yeah. Okay. So his dream. My dream is to be a missionary for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he wrote a paragraph. I'm not going to narrate the paragraph for you. Okay. A paragraph. And he said he's saying why he wants to be a missionary for the Lord Jesus Christ. Never, not even a single line says anything about his father prompting him or influencing him to be there. it's all about his relationship with because jesus died for me because he shed his blood for me and he showed his love for me i want to serve christ i want to be a missionary that's my dream and i hope that's your dream too that's his last line yeah yeah you see i know you you feel like it's 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 so nice it's it you know you want to clap for it but what about you If if my life was a life of regret, my son would never have even thought of writing that he wanted to be a missionary. Twenty-two years down, I am saying, and this is the truth. You can ask my wife. You can quiz them. You can ask my wife, my children. You can ask them. You can quiz them. You can corner them if you want, and find out if they regret because I am a pastor or a minister of God. They will not. See, I can only I can only prove from my life. I can only prove from my life that God, when God calls you and you give your hand to Jesus, He will take good care of you. That's my life, my testimony. I don't need any other certificate. I don't need to do anything else beyond that. So I'm not lying. I'm not lying. I have everything in life. I have everything I need in life. Everything. And why? Why are you still doubting, and why are you believing the trends of this world, the patterns of this world, which tell you otherwise? If you say you are a believer, you better believe, man. If you say that you have faith in Christ, you better have faith in Christ. This Saul had to be—he had to be fetched by others from behind the baggage of, say, trivial, trivial matters, donkey matters. He was hiding behind the baggage, trivial matters. 
And it, it can look like how modest he is. Saul, such a modest person, such a, such a humble person. When, when, he wanted, when God wanted to reveal him to the, to, the, to the entire nation, he does not even want to come to the front. Such humility. That's not how God sees it, by the way. That's not humility. That's not modesty. That's pride and arrogance. And that stayed with him. The opportunity came to him, but that stayed with him. Showed up at every new chapter of his life. You can be anointed. See, listen. You can be anointed. You can be filled with the Spirit of God. You can be gifted. That doesn't mean anything if your character does not match up to all that. That's why we teach about purification. That's why we talk about holiness. That's why we, we speak in length about these things. Yes, you are favored. You are, you are anointed. You are baptized. You are blood washed. You are born again. So what? How are you going to sustain all these things? The great responsibility of serving Christ. Saul could boast of all these things. Choice man, handsome man, handpicked by God. Change of heart, change of personality, spirit come on, coming upon him, the gift of prophecy. Everything was given to him. But he couldn't hold it together. Listen, your anointing is meaningless unless your character is formed by it, is affected by it. Your anointing has to affect your character, change your character, mold your character, mold your personality, mold your thinking, mold your speech, affect the way you live your life. That's why we have many gifted people, gifted ones in the kingdom of God, end up in what? End up in trouble, end up in terrible situations. And we all think, why? Why did that happen to them? Why did it happen to that man of God, that woman of God? Why? How come? I'll tell you why. They never paid heed. They never paid heed. They never said yes to, yes to God completely. Listen, you can hide behind your baggage. A refusal to be, to change. A refusal to forgo your donkeys. A refusal to change your language. A refusal to speak up. What happened to you? Nothing much. I went in search of donkeys. That's it. What did the man of God say? That's it. It's a refusal to testify. When you are demanded to give a hope, a reason for your hope, you must say, why? I know Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. See, so we, 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 we can think, but God was taking a big chance with Saul. Not really. Not really. And don't think that God is taking a big chance with you. He knows, he knows exactly how you would respond. He knows exactly how it's going to turn out. But the opportunity is yours. The opportunity is yours. If God has called you to do something for Him, the opportunity is yours. The privilege is yours. You can refuse it. You can hide behind things. You can ignore it. The opportunity is yours. Don't reject God. Don't reject Him. Don't reject him. Don't reject him. Don't reject his proposal. Don't reject his plan. Don't reject his ideas. Like we taught the young ones, I want to teach you today. Say yes to Jesus. Concerning everything in your life. Say yes to Jesus. And stop saying yes to the, the whims and fancies of man.
It all boils down to what you want to be. Like I said, if you're desiring to just, like, you know, hang out in church and have fun, have a cup of coffee together with some people, meet, get to know, know new people and listen to some music on a Sunday morning and then some pep talk to cheer you up. If that's what you're looking, that's what you're going to get. But if you mean business with Jesus, you put your life on the grind. Amen. And you stay put. Hallelujah. You stay put. You stay put. Stop hiding. Stop hiding. Tell your neighbor, stop hiding. Stop hiding. Stop hiding. Stop hiding. Stop hiding. Don't hide. Don't hide. Don't hide. And you can get up from this place and have a crack jokes about this hiding donkey thing and all and completely forget what God spoke to you also. And that's another trend we have in churches today. You can laugh about the word that came to you. The sermon can be the, the object, the, the subject of a, a, a good laughter, a good humor. Good humor. And completely drain away the weight of what God was speaking to you. See, this thing, I'm telling you, the word that comes to you does not profit you at all if you don't apply it. Does not profit you at all. You know, I'll, I'll, <clears throat> I'll hurt my throat, but God reward me for that, so I'm okay with that. But you wasted a few, year, a few hours in a rather cold place because you, didn't, you failed to apply the word. From the, from the word go, today God was ministering. From the word go, from the word, time Pastor Deepti came up to minister, he was, he was telling you, what was the excitement? Where is the excitement in worship? Where is the excitement in worship? Why, how can we be so dull? How can we be so dull in the presence of God? Beats me. It beats me. It really beats me. I cannot dig that. I just can't. I cannot understand that. How can we be so dull in the presence of God? So where, I mean, where have you reserved your enthusiasm, your interest, your passion? Where does it go? To whom does it belong? And Jesus said, two commandments I give you. One, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. How about that? He contents the entire, uh, the law into two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your, heart, your soul, your mind and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. That's it. Where about, what about the, the, that law, that commandment to you? Where is all your heart? Where is all your strength? Where is all your mind? Where are your emotions when you're in the presence of God? To whom does it go? Where is it due? Where do you spend it? Where do you spend your passion? Where do you spend your devotion? Where do you spend your, which donkey has your worship. Which donkey has your attention? When God is demanding your attention, which donkey is given your attention? What is consuming your mind when God wants to consume your mind with His call, with His purpose? Don't play games with God. You can bluff everybody. 
but you can't bluff God. You can't bluff God. 